Welcome to episode 8 of Maddie's Joy and Angelman Journey. I am your host, Adam Birchmeyer. On today's episode, we will be doing a deep dive into what Angelman Syndrome is, and we will also touch on just how rare this syndrome is. I hope you enjoy. are finally back for the new year. I did not imagine that it would take a month for us to post episode 8, but COVID happened, so we are finally back and ready to go. I hope everybody had a wonderful holiday season, and then there's some exciting stuff coming up in the Angelman community. So February 15th is International Angelman Syndrome Day. So make sure that you wear your blue on February 15th. It's really easy to remember right after Valentine's Day, wear your blue. And then the Angelman Syndrome Foundation Walk is happening here in the state of Michigan. It will be May 20th as well as throughout most of the country. Um, So if you haven't signed up, please do so. I will be sharing Maddie's walk page on Instagram, Twitter, on Facebook sometime next week. So be on the lookout for that. But this week is a good reminder to go back to basics. I always struggle with talking about Angelman syndrome because with Maddie I always want to highlight the positives. I say I do have a special needs daughter but she has a condition called Angelman syndrome that causes seizures. However she is typically a happy child. They call it happy baby syndrome. And that's and that's typically my 30 second elevator speech. Um But I was actually reminded, I I went out to lunch with a networking colleague and I was describing to her everything that Maddie goes through and she looked at me and she said, oh, I didn't know it was that serious because you kind of make it lighthearted and talk about the positives. And it was just a good reminder for me that I don't have that perfect 30 second elevator speech. And that's part of that is because Angelman syndrome is so rare that people don't have that baseline knowledge of what Angelman syndrome is. And also Angelman syndrome affects so much of an individual's day-to-day life that, that it's hard to just jam everything in there, right? Um So we will actually start off today by talking about how rare Angelman syndrome is. And I actually stole this idea from a mom in one of the Angelman groups um, who posted some some of her own stats. And it just kind of sparked my interest as to um, just how rare this syndrome is. So when we talk about something... uh, a syndrome like autism 
Autism occurs one in every 100 births worldwide, according to Autism Speaks. And then if we kind of move down the list here, cerebral palsy, which some of you might may be familiar with or have heard of, occurs in one to four births per 1,000, and that's according to the CDC. Down syndrome occurs one in every 1,000 live births, according to the UN. And then spina bifida occurs one in every 2,758 live births, according to the CDC. Where does Angelman syndrome fit in there? With Angelman syndrome, it occurs in one in every 15,000 births. That equates to about 500,000 individuals right now worldwide who have Angelman syndrome. So there's 7.8 billion people in the world and 500,000 individuals have Angelman syndrome. And I think sometimes, especially when we hear the news and we hear millionaires and billionaires, we don't exactly know how to wrap our minds around a billion. So I'm actually gonna break this down into seconds, just so that you kind of have an idea of how rare Angelman syndrome is. So 500,000 seconds is about 5.7 days. Now 7.8 billion seconds is 90,277.7 days. And then if you equate that into years, it's 247.3 years. So think about that, 5.7 days to 247.3 years. That's the gap that we're talking about when we talk about just how rare Angelman syndrome is. Now, what is Angelman syndrome? So I'm going to get into genetics here real quick. I'm not going to get too nerdy about this, um, but genetically speaking, Angelman syndrome is a loss of function of the UBE3A gene in the 15th chromosome. So basically what happens is when a child develops their chromosomes, they get a 15th chromosome from the mother and the father. And this is typically the mother and the father. So the paternal 15th chromosome is actually dormant. The 15th chromosome that they receive from the mother is actually the active chromosome. And there's, act and there's four types of Angelman syndrome. And I don't think that people realize this as well. So there's deletion positive case, which Maddie is. And this occurs in about 70% of cases of individuals with Angelman syndrome. So with Maddie, she has what's called a type one deletion. And that basically means that the maternal chromosome, a section of that chromosome is deleted. And that includes the UBE3A gene. And then in about 6% of cases, it, there's something called an imprinting center defect. 
Um, so basically, the UBE3A gene is there, but the imprinting center, which sends signals to the brain, makes that gene unavailable to the individual's brain. And like I said, that happens in about 6% of Angelman cases. And then there's the paternal uni, uniparental disomy, and, and it's known as UPD um, in the community, which this is about 3% of cases. Um, and basically what happens is two of the 15th chromosomes that we're talking about that are imprinted into the child are actually from the father. So both of them are dormant. And then you have the mutation, which is about 11% of cases. So the mutation actually prevents or alters um, the expression of the UBE3A gene. Now, when we talk about these four types of Angelman syndrome, in severity, it's a pretty wide range. Um, typically deletions are known to be the most severe um, so they affect the individual so they affect the individual um, most severely but as a parent of a deletion kid I, and I don't get hung up on this um, my, my kid's gonna persevere and, and I'm never gonna put a limit on my child there there might be there might be some things that Maddie never accomplishes, but, but that's not going to be, be because we don't try. And, you know, the type of Angelman syndrome to me in the community doesn't matter. I'm going to cheer for your wins. I'm not going to say, oh, it's because they have this type of Angelman syndrome. No. Angelman syndrome is Angelman syndrome. We are all in this fight together. So, I, to me whatever type you have or whatever type the individual has like they accomplish something so that's something that i just want to put out there i i know that it's not as big in the community as it was before um and for good reasons one thing one thing interest that interests me is 10% of angelman cases they they phrase it as 10% or less have no known mechanism. So the so it's not known as a deletion case or a mutation or an imprinting center defect or a paternal unipur or UPD. I'm just gonna say that. Um, the case is actually unknown. The the um, the testing all comes back as normal, but they display the clinical signs and symptoms of Angelman syndrome. And I actually did not know that that existed. Um, so that that was intriguing to me as I was doing my research on this topic. And Angelman syndrome can be inherited. Um, I'm not gonna go through the percentages of each, each case, but in our case, so a deletion case, Deletions are inherited about 1% to 2% of the time. So Nicole actually did a genetic test herself to see if she was a carrier. She is not a carrier. And this was actually a hard decision for my wife to make 
when I knew that the testing was out there, I automatically was like, yeah, yeah, go get tested. And, and Nicole was kind of hesitant. And as a husband, I, I didn't understand why until I kind of had to sit back and put myself in her shoes. That's a that's a big weight. Even if she was a carrier, it would not be her fault. But human nature is human nature, right? As a parent, just know that even if you are a carrier, this is not your fault. You, you have a beautiful child. And this is a beautiful experience to be a part of. Sure, you wish that you had better rest at night and the challenges are unique. But I just want to stress that fact that if somebody is a carrier, it is not a defect on their character. It is not, a, it is not anybody's fault. It's just something that happens. And I hope that if you are feeling that way, you are seeking some sort of help um, and just know that it's okay. Now, now let's get into some of the symptoms of Angelman syndrome. So with Angelman syndrome, there are developmental delays. In infants, it, it tends to be not hitting milestones, so sitting up, rolling over. And in fact, Maddie was hitting all of her milestones until about five months old, and then she started to lag behind. We thought it was because of COVID. Um, typically, there's delays in fine and gross motor skills, um, so like an inability to crawl, walk, use your pincher motions. And feeding issues are actually a huge red flag for Angelman syndrome, so problem sucking or swallowing. So Maddie is on thickened liquids still. We actually have a swallow study coming up as I'm recording this tomorrow. Um, so hopefully we can kind of thin out her liquids still. And then younger children have issues with balance, the delayed ability to walk, an unstable gait, and that just kind of progresses throughout adulthood as well. Seizures are another sign and symptom of Angelman syndrome. So they typically appear between 18 months to three years old. Um, peak time for seizure activity is from infancy through puberty and about 80% of individuals who have Angelman syndrome will experience seizures in their lifetime. And then this is a big one for parents, uh, sleep issues. So children with Angelman syndrome have abnormal sleep-wake cycles, so their circadian rhythm is off, and they actually have a diminished need for sleep. This is going to be kind of embarrassing, but I, I'm just going to throw this out there. So Nicole and I were treating Maddie with melatonin, so it helps her fall asleep. Uh, when we went to the... Angelman family conference and we were talking to other parents and they were telling us about some of the medications that their angel was on and Nicole and I this is just just chalks it up to us being 
new parents and new to the community, we just went, man, those some of these medications are some heavy duty medications. We're going to we're going to try everything. And before we even do that, and lo and behold, when we got the Klonopin, what a game changer it was for us. So when it comes to sleep issues, I would just recommend that you keep an open mind um, because those parents were trying to tell us something that there are remedies out there that will not hurt your child with Angelman syndrome, but will also help you as a parent get the sleep that you need. Individuals with Angelman syndrome also have a lack of speech. So in infancy, usually it comes out in a lack of like cooing or babbling. And then a lot of individuals with Angelman syndrome have, are, are nonverbal or have a very limited word set. Um, so we use AAC devices. So Maddie has an iPad that she uses that we're trying to teach her how to use. Um, and on the blog, I actually discussed our, our challenges with that device. Um, but we actually made it two nights in a row using her iPad. So we're, we're just going to try to keep the momentum going there. And that doesn't mean that all individuals with Angelman syndrome can't speak. Um, this, this is one thing that... I discussed earlier never put limitations on your child or on your on your individual with Angelman syndrome because they will surprise you time and time again then there's the gastrointestinal issues um, reflux especially in infants and then the chronic constipation so Maddie actually takes a cap full of Miralax every single night and if we miss a dose, we know about it for about three days. She, she's instantly bound up. But let's talk about the greatest blessing of Angelman syndrome is their happy demeanor. Um, children with Angelman syndrome are usually ex easily excitable. They're smiling. They're laughing. They're just a joy to be around. And that I chalk that up to just kind of what they prioritize in their life. It's all about their loved ones. It's all about the new experiences. And even if it's an old experience, five minutes later, it's a new experience for them. One of the greatest moments of my day is I always pick Maddie up from daycare and I've never had somebody that excited to see me. Each and every single day, she lets out a squeal and she immediately re either reaches for me or starts crawling over um, to the doorway to get to me. And it's one of the greatest feelings as a father that my child wants to see me that much. There's a saying, if you've seen one individual with Angelman syndrome, that's exactly what you've seen is one individual with Angelman syndrome. Every single person in our community is different. It's a lot of work to be a parent of an Angelman child, but it's it's such a blessing. I, I always focus on the positive of Angelman syndrome. I think the worst 
part of this diagnosis is actually the seizures. Um, that's something that scares me. But just the joy that she brings to my everyday life, I, I, I love. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a lot of work. Sometimes it's sleepless nights. Um, but I always assume that Maddie can accomplish whatever task we set out for her. Um, so, so right now our goal is to have her walk by the age of three. We're about five months away from that. She's not pulling herself up yet, but when it clicks, it'll click. Um, Strength-wise, she's strong enough to do it. It's just a matter of putting everything together. Um, and just something else that I'll share is Maddie is actually one of the most emotionally intelligent individuals that I've seen. Um, she knows how to get her way with just a facial expression. And it's something that she actually practices, and I catch her doing it. She'll be on my lap, and she'll give me about four or five different facial expressions until she gets the reaction that she wants. And then she just kind of registers that, and it's something that I've noticed. Um, and I hear a lot of Angelman parents talk about this, that their child knows exactly what's going on. Um, even though they can't verbalize it, or even though they have cognitive issues, things like that. Our children are smarter than we give them credit for. And this is just such an amazing community to be around. I hope that I did it justice today, um, describing exactly what Angelman syndrome is and describing just how rare it is. I cannot wait to connect with everybody um, on the walk May 20th. I cannot wait to wear blue to work on February 15th for International Angelman Syndrome Day. But before the 15th of February, we will be back with a podcast next week. So stay tuned. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, have a great day.